Good afternoon, evening, good morning, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is episode three of the four-part release special for Root for Wisconsin. I'm Big E, Eric Fisher, joined in person from the Riverwood Gallery studio with Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, how you doing? Awesome. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. And joined once again by Zoom is the coach, Justin Dahl. Justin, what's up, buddy? Just hanging out with kids and... And trying to do two things at once. Hope everybody's going to be good. Happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays indeed. This is our, let's just call it the Christmas edition. We'll get to a little bit of Christmas festivities a little bit later in the show. But where we're going to start off with, which we always start out with, is what we rooted for in the last week. I'll defer the floor to Justin first today. In la- well, I-, I rooted for the Packers and just watching... Um... That first half was pretty sensational. The second half was a dud again. Um, they they got some things that they need to figure out. Uh, offensively was a bit of a shocker, but the defense uh, showed itself once again. We're going to sit and prevent and, and bend and bend and bend and bend and make you score, score uh, after you do 30 plays to get down there because we just don't want to stop anybody. But. Yeah, real talk. That that was such a hard second half to watch. Like, thank goodness that I mean the defense actually played pretty well, all things considered, um, of what could have happened, and only really gave up. You know, I mean it was final score was twenty four sixteen, wasn't it? I think so. So really, only gave up like the two scores, and I mean they they looked decent. Don't get me wrong, but Can I am you... so worried about what's gonna happen with Derrick Henry when he's just rushing loose. Can we talk about how just they look uninterested sometimes? No, the, for the, real though, like the they really team do. Just looks uninterested at times when I don't know. It's weird. It's just, they just like you think with a number one seed, they're not gonna look uninterested. Yeah, no, they shouldn't look uninterested, but that's just kind of the way it is right now. Um, so Justin chose the Packers to root for Ramsey. What do you got this week? I was rooting for uh, the Clemson Tigers kicking Notre Dame's ass. All right, we'll get to that in just a little bit because that's going to be cause for one of our main discussions in a few moments. I'm going to choose the Los Angeles Lakers. They had the ring ceremony at the time of recording here last night. They did lose the game. However, special Wisconsin shout-out to my guy Alfonso McKinney. UW-Green Bay product making the main roster to start the season. We'll see how long that lasts. If he gets waived or he's going to be a two-way player. Whatever happens, but good for Alfonso McKinney. Uh, really good dude. Really great story if you haven't heard, you know, heard about it. Go look him up. He uh, was playing like three on three tournaments for the U.S. team, and had to like pay to do a try, kind of like the Adam Thielen route, paid to do a tryout, and then got signed to a couple of G League teams, played around a little bit there, and uh, made it to the NBA. You know, made a couple rosters here now. Uh, is with the World Champion Lakers, so mm-hmm. good for him. So that's what I rooted for. Now the fun part of the episode, my one of my new favorite parts of the episode, I should say. We started last week. We're going to bring it back. The Tyler Hero Noogie of the Week Award, where uh, we decide who was the most noogie worthy. Just makes you shake your head and want to give him a noogie, the most demeaning thing you can do to a person. We'll go back to you, Justin. Noogie of the Week, who's that? It has to be Juju Smith Jr. I mean, that uh, that the dancing on the logo trick has uh, kind of cost his team over the last couple weeks. Um and, and that just that memorable hit that he took where he flew about 
35 freaking yards backwards <laughs> uh, and fumble was absolutely awesome and, and worthy of being a jackass and going out on a on a field and dancing on a logo like what does that even mean like how how stupid is that and then why would you want to give the other team the ammo and, and, and what it's cost his team over the last couple weeks here uh he's got a lot of answering to do there Ramsey, james harden go on hang out in strip clubs Allegedly. Basically. Allegedly. I think there's a video out there, isn't there? <laughs> there is. Same with Dwayne Haskins, too. Yeah. Um, but just be an asshole to his teammates. Like, I get you don't want to be there, but you owe the city of Houston a little bit more than that, James Harden. That's kind of a bitch move. Give him a noogie. And uh, I'll I'll stay in the kind of the NBA. Um, the New York media as a whole, first <laughs> The Jets go and decide to somehow beat the Rams, which I could have made Sean McVay and the entire Rams roster my nugget of the week losing to the Jets. And then I also saw what happened when New York media kind of got punked by Kyrie Irving again. Good old Uncle Drew burning sage before his return to Boston in the preseason game on Friday night. When they asked him about it, he said, yeah, I'm just trying to cleanse it. You know, I'm a native roots. Like, what a guy. I... Kyrie Irving has to be one of the most entertaining, like, just on a different planet kind of guys. Like, he's a little off, but at the same time, like, he's so damn entertaining and he can get to the rack. You know, if you can, at will, at will he can get to the rack, he can pop threes, D's a guy up. Like, as long as he's performing as good as he is, he, he's basically almost, he's not quite as gone as Dennis Rodman, but he's probably the closest thing we're going to get. In the new day here, probably in today's era, yeah. And I just, just love it. Like the guy is just on a different planet, whether it's flat or round, you know who knows. But and I, I kid with that, you know that's actually you know something he he did want for people like us to talk about and kind of make fun of him, even though he didn't mean it. But what a guy, honest to God, Kyrie Irving, just duping New York and the Brooklyn media, and what a world we live in. Yeah, that's true. All right, so. That said, um, we got our, what we've rooted for. We got our Nuggie of the Week. Just a couple things to recap in the world of Wisconsin sports here before we get into our main discussion. Uh, as Justin touched on, Packers rolling again. Uh, we'll have a lot more time with Packers next week on the episode with our special guest. Uh, but before we get into that, you know, good, good, you know, a solid enough win, I should say. Not a great win, but good enough. Took care of business at home. Took care of business enough. at home. Uh, with the help from the Jets and the Saints, I believe with a win this week, they clinched number one. If that's if I'm not wrong, or at least I believe you're right. They, at the very least, they control their destiny. They have to win more of the next two to clinch the first. Round. So, yeah, very good for the Packers. Uh, Bucks sh- debut tonight for the regular season didn't look great in the postseason, but also looked very much on coast mode too, where they didn't have to play great they played great in spurts where they're you know for five ten minutes where they decide hey we're gonna be the milwaukee bucks of the last two regular seasons we're gonna come out and dominate the preseason but then we'll have a lot more answers tonight i believe at recording time here they trail at the half 64 59 uh divincenzo leading the way with 13 points so that is something to kind of keep track of here as we record um but yeah good for them and you know they're underway we have a season going as we speak um, so yeah, no big, you know, they got that going on. The Badger basketball looks so good. I mean, they, they struggled last night for the first 12 minutes of the game where it was just 
it almost looked like a football score. But when they turn it on, they are so good. They are so entertaining. So Badger basketball uh, out there, really just taking care of business, starting the Big Ten off with a win against Indiana. Or no, Nebraska. Nebraska take that back. And they dominated Louisville this weekend, uh, 84-45. Good win for them on Saturday. Good enough win on Tuesday. See what they do against Michigan State. By the time that you're listening to this, that game will be in the books. We'll touch base on that in episode four. And then Badger football keeping the axe in Wisconsin. You know, came down to overtime, but defense did what they did. The offense did enough. And keeping the axe in Wisconsin, beating Minnesota. Claiming a bowl, too. We'll get to that in a little bit here, too. Did I miss anything? <laughs> but the yeah, Dukes. I would just add in that uh, I think how sad it is that uh, Jack Cohn decided to enter the transfer portal. Uh, he had such a tremendous season, his junior season. I believe it was 18 touchdowns to five interceptions and 22-something hundred yards or something like that. And uh, just, a, just a great team leader. Uh, kind of saw the writing on the wall. Uh, not that Mertz has played great here over the last uh, six weeks or so, but um, just, just kind of saw that uh, I could have a better shot somewhere else and, and – no, right. That's that's pretty much spot on, though. It's from what you're saying, you know, it's a guy you don't want to see leave the program early, but but you definitely understand. Like you said, the writing was on the wall. I'm surprised he didn't play when Graham went down. Like they put Chase Wolf in against Minnesota, but I'm 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 curious about that decision. I guess I would probably ask Paul Christ about that. I'm sure he probably got asked about that, but it worked good enough. It was that. Uh... They, they already kind of had this decision made by the Iowa game that, that the the transfer stuff was in consideration after Iowa. So so do you think, I mean, I, just because I didn't see the, the, you know, if any press conference clips, was was this more like a punishment for him, like, wanting to leave or just kind of preserve him for that wanting to leave? Or what was up with that? It was more or less preserve him. Um, I mean, if things got to dire needs and, you know – and Wolf comes in and he gets injured, then they were going to use him. But, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't, uh, um, used a red shirt season. He hasn't used a medical red shirt season. Um, so he, he's possible, possibly got uh, a couple seasons left in him, and, and, you know, so I would, I would say that was more preserving. Him. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. Like I said, I, I'd have a hard time believing that Paul Chris would punish him for wanting to transfer. No way. But at the same time, like, I would also kind of like, okay, well, you're not going to be here helping this program. Why should we let you in this game? But, um, no, yeah, I was, like, a little surprised that he wasn't getting those reps on Saturday, and now we know why. You know, as you mentioned, now with the the official, him entering the transfer port, was it Sunday or Monday when that happened? I wasn't shocked by it. Um, definitely wasn't happy, like, thrilled about it, but I get it. So that is a perfect segue, Justin. Thank you for bringing that up. Into our main discussion for today's episode, which we'll start with the college football playoff and bowl breakdown. Uh, we'll hit on some of the Badgers, uh, you know, a little bit, talk a little bit more Badgers here in a little bit. Um, talk about the best bowl games and wrap up some with some holiday festivities here. So that said, college football playoffs are announced. Top four teams, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. And, I mean, plenty of bowl games out there. You know, they've already started. 
which is just wild considering we were playing on you know saturday and bowl game started monday but that's kind of what's going to happen with COVID. is what it is but that all said justin just i talked a little bit before the show started here with ramsey do you think the committee nailed it with the top four or where are you feeling uh, well, I've heard a couple arguments, and and I, uh, they're interesting for sure. Um, I think you can make an argument for uh, Texas A&M, but I think the strongest argument is for Cincinnati. And if, if a, a, a G5 school is ever going to make the college football playoff, it was going to be this year. And you had an undefeated Cincinnati who, you know, has beaten a couple ranked teams. Um, they've walked through their schedule. They look like a school that could uh, potentially uh, make a difference in the playoff. And it's disappointing that they didn't make it. But on the same right, the opposite argument of it is, has the college football committee, have you ever went into it and felt like we haven't crowned the right champion over the, what is it, seven, eight years that we've had it? Uh, UCF. No, I'm totally kidding. But um, you know what I mean? It, right. It felt like we haven't crowned the right champion. So I get it. I'm in favor of expanding. But, you know, I think the biggest gripe is, is – uh, is obviously Cincinnati. I know a lot of people feel that Texas A&M should be in it uh, over Notre Dame, but I, th- I I think another team that has a big big time gripe, um, that just has gotten absolutely no respect, is Indiana. Um, they've played they played a college football team to the wire uh, on that team's home field. And they've beaten everybody else. How many ranked teams have they beaten? Uh, right. They went to Michigan and won. So, I mean, Indiana, and for Indiana not even to be in one of the, the big six bowls is a tragedy. It's, it's, it's just a horrendous decision by people that should not be making those decisions, obviously. No, I'm, I'm going to echo a little bit what you said before because I know Ramsey's going to disagree with us a little bit here. I'm going to echo a lot of what you said in the sense that there's the obvious, you know, like you said, the college football playoff the committee hasn't gotten it wrong yet. There's really never been a year where you can be like, okay, you know, that actually should have been the national championship. You've had years where maybe a team should have gotten in, but, I mean, the, the writing was pretty much on the wall if they weren't going to be winning the championship. Um, so I'll agree with you on that. I'd also agree that um, you know the biggest arguments you could probably make one for uh, Texas A&M. However, they didn't play in their in their conference championship game, so it's really hard to put a team that didn't even play in the game. Um, I do agree 100% with you that if you're ever going to have a Group of Five school there, it should have either been this year's Cincinnati or you know going back to UCF, I guess. But um, I would probably agree. I agree 100% with you on that take. The only thing I have a hard time kind of, I guess, justifying that um, with one of those two teams being in there or even Indiana 
is just the fact that I can't really think of a team. I mean, I guess Notre Dame because they lost the conference championship game, but that was their only loss on the year. Granted, they played Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. Um, Ohio State's kind of a, you know, you can make the argument because they didn't play a full season. They only played six games, and they didn't exactly look good in the Big Ten championship game. That you can probably make that argument, too. Um, that maybe they didn't deserve to be there, but the four schools that are playing this weekend, I mean, like you said, I really can't think of a school that would knock them out. And at the beginning of the year that we wouldn't be having this conversation anyway. So I really don't have too much of an argument in that sense, other than just expanding it and even putting the group, the, the new Year's six bulls in there. Not that, you know, and Ramsey, I know he's going to counter this cause we had this discussion already today. But just to have those games mean a little bit more, which, I mean, take a look at last year, uh, Wisconsin-Oregon playing in the Rose Bowl. Not that either of those teams were going to beat LSU or beat Clemson to get to a national championship game. But it'd just be nice to have a playoff in the sense that, okay, these games mean a little bit more than, you know, two games for a national championship game. And having those bowl games like your your New Year's or your Rose Bowl, your Fiesta Bowl those kind of level games um having some more meaning for the winner where they at least have a shot i think you can make that argument it's it's debatable but anyway that all said i'm going to give the floor to our dissenter ramsey go for it bud so first off cincinnati has no business being in a national title four look at the gap between notre dame and clemson both those games Clemson had the better team, and I don't think there's any question involved with that. So, Notre and that game was what thirty-four to ten. Notre Dame got a cheap touchdown there at the end, so thirty-four to three. That game was nowhere near close. Notre Dame has no business being in the championship for it either. So back to the Cincinnati thing. Their best ones over Tulsa. They beat Tulsa twice in this year. I'm not even sure where Tulsa is. So if your best win is over a team, I'm not sure where you are currently located. There's no conversation. If they happen to go in and beat Georgia, I will resend everything I said and say they deserve to be there. But they have to go in and beat Georgia first. And I think that's fair. I mean, um, we look at a couple years ago where UCF had that same kind of you had this like a lot of people had that same mentality about UCF a couple years ago. And they did go beat Auburn. But, counterpoint, Western Michigan with P.J. Fleck at the helm got boat raced by Wisconsin and kind of proved why those schools don't belong there. So every, you know, not saying every time that there's one there, it's really a 50-50 shot they prove it or not. You look at, you know, even going back to one of the best bowl games I've ever watched that I had no rooting interest in when Boise State took down Oklahoma. Way back, you know, what, 10 years ago at this point now, if not longer? 15 yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean you, you look back at that, and that's kind of one of your, your springboards for these schools kind of mattering in those games. But, again, that's 12 years ago now. I mean, th- we can't have we don't have a definitive, oh, this is an example in the last Since UCF. decade. Since and UCF, and that was even UCF, three years ago. They beat Auburn, but didn't Auburn get smoked by Alabama that year? I, I don't recall the exact score of that game. Auburn, Alabama uh, beat Auburn that year, correct? They did. That's why they were playing the national championship game. So that's your difference. Sure, you can beat the second or third best team in the SEC, 
that doesn't mean you're a national title contender. Well, if you remember, Auburn had like a legitimate gripe though for not being in the in college yeah, football for. How do you make the argument that the the second or the third best team in the SEC belongs in the championship four in Texas A&M? Well, at this point, so sorry, what was that? I cut you off. I mean, just to counter your argument is what I was trying to say. Okay, so let's talk about it. Ohio State did not look good over Northwestern. Right, fair. Right. Notre Dame got boat raced by Clemson. I don't care. At two and three, I don't think it overly matters. On You know, the, the top two teams in the nation right now are Clemson and Alabama. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of a gap between everyone else. I would say Texas A&M deserves to be there over Notre Dame. And I could even probably make the argument they deserve to be there over Ohio State. At least Texas A&M played most of their schedule, if not the whole thing. Ohio State played, what, six games? Just to take a quick sec. Sorry, Justin, go ahead. No, I would agree. That's all I was going to say. Just to take a quick just a detour here with the Cincinnati argument, I, I just want to say, I mean, in a normal year, I'd kind of agree with you. As to, you know, they beat Tulsa, um, which was their best win. But in their defense, I mean, we're restricted on who they could play this year. I mean, it was a lot of conference-only seasons, which not their fault, you know, COVID. But also, you kind of run I, – I always hate the who you played argument in a season because when you're scheduling college football games, you're doing so eight years in advance. You're looking at who should be good. And scheduling those games out. So that's, I don't necessarily, you know, granted, like I said, COVID, take whatever you want with that. I don't know exactly what Cincinnati's regular schedule would have been. But I'd be really entertained with, you know, what their schedule would have been had they played the full thing out. The Cincinnati argument, though, is, like we, I think we talked about this last week, if you look at who's won national titles in the last, well, since college football's been a thing, 99% of the time, the national title winner comes out of a top 10 recruiting class. Cincinnati's 49th. Like, it's not like the, these guys are anywhere near the talent level that these big-time programs have. And recruiting's not everything, and that's why you play games, and I understand that. But I think we've all played football, and when football's a little different than basketball, because basketball you can get hot and get some shots, and someone gets hot, and you can go on a big run. Football, talent wins 90% of the time. Like, if if Cincinnati goes in and beats Georgia, I will take back everything I said about them. If they beat Georgia, they deserve to be there. However, I don't know. What's the, do we know what the spread in that game is? I can look it up quick while you're talking. I'm going to guess it's probably eight or nine points, probably favored by Georgia. Yeah, keep going. I'm still looking I'm, up. That's my... That's my thing. Georgia's a top five recruiting class every single year. They have a lot of talent down there. And Cincinnati is at the 49th best recruiting team in the nation. It's Georgia by seven, by the way. Georgia by seven today. So that line's yeah. probably going to, at kick, it's probably going to what, six and a half? Five or six, probably, yeah. Yeah. There. So, like I said, Cincinnati, I hope they go and beat Georgia because that's going to look good. It's good for college football when you do have an underdog at that that goes in and wins big games. Okay, so counterpoint, though. So one of the things that you said is, you know, the, the game wouldn't be close. You know, we've seen, I mean, every year the college football playoffs has been a thing. 
there's always one boat race game at least and usually it's the one versus four but you see it every year you're telling me that the 19 and a half point spread alabama notre dame game is gonna be any better than that i don't think notre dame deserves to be there though like i said notre dame told you what they were last week notre dame's in there because it's gonna be a ratings push well, Notre Dame's in there because they didn't lose a game up until they played Clemson in the championship game. So here's look at it from a TV standpoint. Who is the bigger draw right now? Texas A and or Notre Dame. Notre Dame's gonna have the bigger TV draw. And for whatever reason, if Notre Dame happens to win, you get a classic matchup between Notre Blue Bloods. You know, you get Notre Dame versus Ohio State or Notre Dame versus Clemson. Right. If they happen to be Alabama, which I don't think that's gonna happen. No, I don't either, but so everyone's telling you what Notre Dame is. They're just there because they had a good enough season and it's going to be a cash grab. Well, you know, just to kind of counter that, and I know I made this point earlier, the NCAA tournament, like you said, football, basketball, very different sports. But you can't tell me that when that underdog gets in there, so if we expand, let's just say we expand the playoffs. Say Alabama, which is the one seed right now, say they get knocked off by Iowa, because I think that's, probably would have been like 15 or 16 there in that ballpark uh um, iowa 16 yep so iowa they would have played iowa you can't tell me that people aren't going in that game if they don't have a really because they're going to watch those games people watch bowl games people watch NCAA tournament look at umbc how everybody in the in the country wanted to watch that second round game look at loyola chicago when sister Jean and the the group you don't even remember the players on that team you remember sister Jean being the hero of that that team i don't think either one of you could i because i know i can't i don't think either one of us could name a player on that loyola chicago team right now i'm sure justin actually probably could justin's probably sitting there brewing something up because he hasn't spoken up in a minute here no 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 keep going (laughs) so i have a 16 team playoff up here okay right yep so your number one seed alabama would take on iowa who's who's gonna win that game Realistically, probably Alabama. And what's the spread on that game going to be? I'd probably, probably what it is right now, 19.5. Probably 19 points. Alabama's favored by 19. Alabama's probably taking that game. Cincinnati would still get Georgia. Right. And I'm that's a six-point spread to Georgia, right? Right. I do think Cincinnati has a shot in that game, by the way. I, I'm not saying they don't. I don't think Georgia necessarily wants to be there. Georgia's used to be in for national titles, not what the Peach Bowl they're in. That is true. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. You would get Texas A&M, Indiana, which that would be a game. That would be a great game. That'd I'd, be a great I'd game. honestly probably take Indiana in that one for what it's worth. Ohio State versus Coastal Carolina. Shot to clears, baby. No, I'm kidding. Total kidding. It would be actually Ohio State. but And that's probably a 19-point spread, too. That's a game, though, because of the, the unique team there that I think you actually get a big draw from. That if you're might... talking TV, because that's that's the thing we're talking about right now is just the TV ratings and if it'd be close. I mean, you – even if it's not close, because we've seen games where it's, you know, even Notre Dame's gotten boat raced a few years. We've seen, um, you know, all these teams get boat raced. I mean, shit, what was it? Um, last year, Oklahoma got run out of the stadium by LSU. Am I right in that? It was LSU-Oklahoma? Uh, I believe so. So, they got run out of the, the stadium. I mean... I would watch that game. That's probably the most interesting game so far. Granted, we've only gone through like four of them, but that's probably the most interesting must-watch opening round game so far. Um, I believe the next game was. I'll shut off for a second. 
The next game would be so Ohio State, Coastal Carolina. Yep. Notre Dame, USC. Notre Dame, which probably. is a big game too. That, Iowa, that's just a classic all-time game that just like you said, two blue bloods. You'll get TV draw there. Iowa State versus Miami. Probably which Miami. that's a flip a coin. Yeah, what's the seating on that one? Uh, that would be a 7-10 seed. Okay. Iowa State 7, Miami 10. You'd have Florida versus Oklahoma. That'd be a good game. Good game. Probably taking Florida again. Yeah. And then Clemson versus Northwestern. Probably another good game, though. Nord- or Northwestern's defense is better than a lot of... Like, I think that was a big factor, actually, as to why Ohio State played so poorly. Yeah, but that spread's still 19 points. I think it. I think North, Northwestern would cover though. I would take Northwestern to cover, but they're not beating Clemson. They're not. I think it would be a good game, but at the same time, I mean, so tell me, tell me honestly that that's not more entertaining just for the possibility of an upset versus a fourteen playoff. We're wasting our time. So if you look at that, we picked pretty much every single favorite was picked aside from Indiana versus A and M. And I think that's just because we're Big Ten fanboys, right? So you roll that over. And all you're going to come down to again is going to be the final four that we probably have. Ohio State, Clemson. I don't know if Notre Dame gets there, but Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson probably all are. So why are we messing around when – and on top of that. So let's talk about regular season. The 14 playoff has made it to the point where these big schools need to schedule out-of-conference games. They're going to be big games. If you have eight – or 16-team playoff. Well, the, the problem with that, counter, counter, just before we get there, the problem with that, though, is that the teams like Alabama, Ohio State, don't have to anymore because they because for some reason, college football committees and voters, they, they give a pass to teams that have been there before. When you're talking about kids who graduate and leave, I mean, I know it's a lot of coaching, but just countering that, I mean, you can't tell a team that's, oh, they've been there, they've done that, which, I mean, Clemson does have Trevor Lawrence, who's you know junior now. But that's kind of a unfair in that sense. Like I think that's a little bit of a misguiding principle. But Alabama has what Wisconsin coming up. I believe they have also Notre Dame on their schedule in the next few years, which are two very good programs. They are. So people like Alabama who are playing the kids from the Burger King parking lot <laughs> for their first three weeks of their schedule, they're not gonna be able to do that anymore. Because you to be in the top four, you need to have a decent enough resume to actually get there. We don't need the 18 playoff because then that, again, or the 16 team playoff, even better. You have to be a top 16 team to get there. You don't deserve to be there at 16. But now we're talking two lost teams. Even in the nation right now, after outside of Cincinnati, your top six or six is a two lost team right now. Right. We don't need two lost teams competing for national championships. Not at this point. If you're losing two games in a regular season, you don't deserve to be there anyways. Well, not in college football, but I mean that's like saying to win the Super Bowl you have to be fourteen and two. I know it's a totally different game, but let's talk about the Super Bowl. The last couple of years, the first round teams with first round buys were in Super Bowls. Yeah. So did we get a first round buy? You need to be twelve and four, right? It's not like this doesn't change just because we're talking college football. I mean, traditionally speaking, the last few years it's been teams who are getting first round buys are making it there and winning the Super Bowl. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree this is not discerning with you at all. I'm just saying, like, 
it's not I, and, and i know it's not an apples and oranges or it's not an apples to apples comparison it's an apples and oranges like you're looking at two different games but i just like i said i've always had a problem with the who you play argument and like i said i think it just makes some of those bowl games like the years where they're you know like the rose bowl isn't one of the football playoff games which there's enough pomp and circumstance to go with the game but just to make it so that like i said just to have a chance at a, you know making it mean a little bit more it's cool to you know say you were the rose bowl champion don't get me wrong like I, I get it but at the same time like you're not telling me that at the same time like you wouldn't want to see the next round of matchups even if you expand to eight and even if you get that extra you know you get the same four teams that you would have had initially I still think you can make it eight and have fun with it and have that extra week of games where it's actually worth something. But then again, we're making college players play an extra week of games that they're not getting paid for. Well, that's a whole different argument. Though. But like, that's what we're talking. Right. That's not, it's a different argument, but we're still talking that these are still college football players. So we're making them going to have an extra week of season that they're not getting paid for and risk injuries with NFL players. How many times we see guys bailing out of bowl games already without... But that's also because they don't mean anything. Right. If they're not playing the national championship game, they're bailing up because but they don't mean anything. You can't tell me some of these guys like that are going to be the eighth seed, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a little different, I can say that, but that they, they're going to get pinned up against Clemson or Alabama. They know they're not going to win that game, and why risk injury going to the NFL? I get what we're saying, but at the end of the day, the top four every single year, I believe, were the top four in the nation. I don't think anyone's really got snubbed. I think this year you might be able to make an argument for Texas A&M. But even Texas A&M, if they win all their games, they're in. Right? I mean, it's not... They get there. And it doesn't really matter because your championship games are always right. Usually, yeah. I mean, again, nothing that you have said is totally off-base and wrong. I just think from an entertainment value, it'd be nice to have the eight teams or even to expand the 16. Have those bowl games be worth something... A little bit more, Justin. And you've been we've we've talked over you so many times here, and we've just been kind of going the two of us here. But Justin, um, I just I would just leave with this question. Not that uh, it it helps your argument of eight teams or sixteen teams or whatever, but here's this scenario: How different, or how much does name recognition matter? So in this scenario. What happens if Texas A&M ended up beating Alabama, went on to the SEC championship, and won, and Alabama was that fifth fifth team out, and the argument was against Alabama and Notre Dame? Who do you put in? So you're right, and what would happen there, right? Let's just say Texas A&M does get in, right? So Clemson would be your number one. Texas A&M would probably be two, right? Your three would still... I don't think that really matters. But let's just put on the seats, right? So it'd be Clemson, probably Texas A&M, Ohio State, and they'd put Alabama in over Notre Dame because Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be there anyways. So just to kind of go with Justin here, I guess how much of an impact is having the conference championship? Because for the first time, Notre Dame... Granted, they're playing in the conference for the first time ever, but how much of an, how much does the conference or should the conference championship matter? Like, I mean, we saw, like I said, the first time a conference champion has lost and gotten in the playoff. 
Alabama didn't even go to the championship game, and they won the national title a few years ago. Well, right, and that, but I, that's that's a little bit different. But that's what I'm saying here is this example. It matters. I think the conference championship should matter. Notre Dame playing in the ACC championship mattered over Texas A&M not playing in the ACC or the SEC championship this year. Totally mattered. I think we sh- we can all agree though that that should matter, right? Playing or winning? Winning. I I agree. If so, if there's such thing as a good loss and a bad loss, Notre Dame had a bad loss in the ACC championship game. If Notre Dame keeps that thing within seven points. Okay, there's seven points, probably the best or second best team in the nation. Right. They got beat by 24. Right. And a garbage touchdown at the end. And a garbage touchdown at the end. So 31-point game, I they don't deserve to be there. Yeah, I don't think you're going to find anyone – or you're not going to find too many people that disagree with that. But as Justin's mentioning here, I mean, we, we – like I said, we're talking about how – you know, a couple of years ago, Alabama gets in without even playing in the conference championship game. Not saying that's right, but they, had, they I mean, they proved that they belong there. They had probably, I think they were a one-loss team that year anyway, just lost to the team that beat them in the division. But still, I mean, I think, and that's kind of the problem with the four-team playoff, I think, ultimately, too, is that you're either going to have somebody who, you know, like in Alabama, who proved that they belong there, or you're going to have a team that lost a conference championship, and a team like Texas A&M who didn't get to play in it because of their one loss, or a team like Indiana, or a team like Cincinnati who played in theirs and won, not saying it's the same thing, but just in principle, you have a power five conferences, and you only have four spots. So even if, let's just say somehow, the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 champions all went undefeated, only one of those, one of those schools is getting left out. Not saying that that's not the way it should be, and it hasn't happened yet, so we haven't really had that situation. But that's kind of the problem with the fourteen playoff at that point. Then, I. So I think we can all agree, though, the Pac twelve is an okay conference, right? So you have you're, you have power five conferences, but traditionally speaking, and I, I know this doesn't happen every single year, SEC championship winner always gets in, or has got in to this point. Yep, so it's the Big Ten. So it was the Big Ten championship, right? And you have the two at-large bids who also have the opportunity to get in, whether it's ACC or Big 12. And that's what it's been the last few years. And that's right. It, the Pac-12 is a Power 5 conference, but no one pays attention to them because they play on the West Coast. Well, unless it's Oregon, and that's the only time that you ever see them even being kind of tossed in that same breath. But then didn't the Big 12 not get in because they had a two-loss champion? Yeah, no, they did too. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's one of those things that I don't think with two losses you should be in the Final Four. I, I don't disagree, but I'm just saying I, at some point, I think we're going to have a situation where all five champions are going to be one loss or undefeated, and it's going to be really rough. And I think that's going to be the ultimate, like, let's have a six-team or an eight-team or a 16-team playoff. And that's what it's going to have to take for somebody to get screwed. And I, I just wish that wouldn't happen either. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying life's fair and all that crap because it's not. But at the same time, like it's going to happen at some point, and the committee's going to look stupid so, no matter what happens. So I even went back and looked at the BCS era. I, I, we were talking about this last night in the group chat, and I went back and I just kind of took a peek at 
the last 20 years of college football. And outside of, I would say, there was three or four seasons, they didn't. there was a team that had an argument to be a national champion winner over the national title winner. So even in the BCS era, say what you will, most of the time we got the right champion. When after the BCS came out, which I believe was 2004? It might have been a little bit before that. 2003, but... 2004? Um, it was 2001 or, or 2002, I think, because I know Miami um, was when they were on their last run of being what truly was the U. That was that Miami-Ohio State game, right, you're talking about? Yes. So I think that was 2002. I believe so, but that was like the that was one of the first years. I don't know if it was the first year, but it was in that ballpark of being around that time. So let's just say 20 years, right? And we've had four teams that have an argument to be the national champion winner over who was there. So even the BCS that was flawed, I still think got it right. Most of the time, yeah. Most of the time got it right. I think the national title game was correct. Yeah, the BCS was from 1999 to 2014. So a lot of years, you're right. They, I believe the rules changed, though, around the 2004-2005 mark, where you had the polls were different. I, I'm not... You know, at that point, I was nine. I wasn't really paying attention to um, BCS rules, but... No, right. That's right now with it. I, I think that college football has got the right champion just about every single year. I don't think that it needs to be changed any more than what it already has been. Justin? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally in favor of an A-team an eight-team playoff, I think it fits. I think you've got six conferences that have legitimately put good teams or could put good teams into it. Then you have two outliers that would be at-large bids um, that would fit. I think it's a true playoff. Um, I, I, I get your argument that we'll probably get down there to – to the, you know, Clemson and Alabama playing it out again. But, you know, what happens if they end up on the same side of the bracket? What happens if uh, Clemson ends up losing two games in, in the year or, or Alabama doesn't make it to the SEC championship? Well, let's be real. What if Clemson would have lost two games this year because Trevor Lawrence was out with COVID? I mean, they were really close to losing two games this year. And, and you can't tell me once Trevor Lawrence came back that they didn't deserve to be there because they were the more probably the, they probably are going to be the best team this year. So what? Just hypothetically speaking, Ramsey. This is, that's the beauty of, of of college football is that there's so much that goes into it, or football in general as as part of injuries um, that can totally wreck a season. Um, I mean, I think I think we would all say that Oklahoma year in and year out is a top easy, a top five team. I think Florida's, you know, I mean, we've mentioned how many teams that could compete on a regular basis for a national championship. And is there's just so much bias for two teams that it needs to change or it needs to expand. So I think the, the stat is, is it's been seven years of the college football playoff. And they've awarded 11 different teams a bid. 
Uh, I, I think that is terrible for the game of football or for college football. It wrecks parity, um, and, and it hurts the small guy in sharing the money that is spread throughout their conferences. Uh, I think there has to be more parity. It has to be expanded, and there has to be a legit shot for, for some other team. So the word parity, I, I understand what you're saying, Justin, and I don't disagree with you. However, what sport truly has parity? The NFL right now, other than Kansas City. If you looked at the preseason schedule, the teams that are in minus maybe two are the teams that are still going to be there. NBA, you can tell who the NBA championship, there's about four teams in the league that can actually win a championship. As far as I can tell, Major League Baseball, there's, what, six or eight teams that can actually probably have a legit argument to win a World Series. There's no true league that actually has parity. People want you to believe there's parity, but there's not a league that would say, oh, that league is parity-filled. I would disagree. I would say, look at the NFL. Did you go into the MLB, MLB season thinking that the World Series was going to be with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in it? No, but you knew uh, you knew the Dodgers were going to be there. Well, sure. Absolutely. Obviously, and I'm not saying... That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about recruiting and, and money spread throughout conferences as a whole. Uh, and, there, and I think college football could have better parity if only the the playoff was expanded. I think there's more parity than one would think as far. You know, look at San Francisco 49ers last year in the NFL were so dominant, but they have injuries this year, and now they're not even going to make the playoffs. Every year it changes. So I, mm. I think there's a chance. Right. Oklahoma was in the playoff last year, not this year. But if but we – everywhere if i started the season off with the nfl and said hey the really good teams this year are gonna be kansas city green bay take your other pick of the afc team buffalo the browns pittsburgh okay, but that's there's there's two teams right there ramsey or three teams really that weren't even contenders last year i mean granted injuries and whatnot all shaked out but two of those three teams you know buffalo pittsburgh cleveland i mean you could have said at the beginning of last year cleveland was probably the preseason favorite you know, for a lot of, not uneducated people, but a lot of, you know, they had a lot, probably the most hype coming in the season. Didn't live up to it because Freddie Kitchens is an idiot. But you sit here and you look at teams that probably didn't have those expectations this year. I mean, the Bills just kind of by default because the rest of the AFC East sucks. Couldn't tell me the Browns were going to be in this position where they can very legitimately win the AFC North with I'm not, where how everything shakes out right now. So I'm not saying there's not parity in the NFL. I am saying, though, that you could sit at the beginning of the season, look at everyone's schedule, and be like, hey, there's 10 teams in the league that can actually win a Super Bowl. There's a, probably six that actually have a chance. And those six, you might have one in or out that might drop in and out, but you would have you said Green Bay. You would have said New Orleans. You would have said Kansas City. Baltimore probably would have been there, which I think Baltimore still has a very good chance of being a Super Bowl contender. I mean, there's what? what's the big surprise in the playoffs this year? Cleveland, Cleveland. But Cleveland, if I would have said Cleveland's going to win nine games this year, you wouldn't say, oh, that's outlandish. It wouldn't have been be outlandish, like, but, I mean, they're – they very, like I said, they very realistically – they have the inside pass to the FC North right now because I don't think Pittsburgh is going to beat 
Indianapolis. I know we're kind of getting the NFL, and we're, we want to get back on topic here with the NCAA's, but just to kind of finish off on that point, um, Pittsburgh is not probably going to be Indianapolis this week in the Colts. Cleveland has the Jets, which unless the Jets are really flying high after beating the Rams, I don't see happening. And then they play each other week 17, and Big Ben's starting to look 38. Juju Smith-Schuster can't stop dancing on logos and coughing up the ball, and the rest of the team plays that crap because of it, which he did say today he's going to not do it anymore. But still, I mean, they've looked just awful the last three weeks. So that all said, um, yeah, I think there is a decent degree of parity. I, I, I know what you're saying. But I do agree with Justin, though, too, of how helpful would it be for schools, you know, you have like the six, seven, eight teams, even if you expand just to eight. How much better that's for Wisconsin and just kind of those those teams that are just on the cusp of even to get some of those bigger recruits saying, hey, we're close. We didn't win this year, but we're close. Just saying, hey, we were a college football contending team. Let's talk about Wisconsin, though. They're not close. I think they, can't, close. they can't win the Big Ten. They are. They couldn't beat Iowa. Wow. Okay, Iowa's the 16th seed in the national title contender and they couldn't beat iowa they couldn't beat the 16 seed they also haven't had their top basically three receivers uh their top running back and a freshman quarterback i think wisconsin's a lot closer than what their record this year yeah, was and that's that's a fair argument but they're not contending for a national title this year i think they have a chance to make a run next year no. not to win it okay but they can make a run i don't think that this year we're talking just right now no right, right. this year they're not in the top 10 they're not in the top 20 they might be in the top 20 of talent, but they're not – they don't deserve to be competing for a national title this year. Justin? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would totally agree with that. But you can't tell me that Cincinnati doesn't deserve to compete for a title. Well, that that's ultimately my point, though. I mean – Sorry, Justin. USC or or uh, Oklahoma, you know, there, there's a handful of teams that could fill out to eight. I would be, if I were a three seed and Oklahoma was a six seed and I'm Ohio State, I'd be shitting bricks because that's a good football team and I've only played six games. That's an upset. And that's what, that's the beauty of college sports. That's what makes college football through the regular season is who's going to get upset. Rivalry weeks. Um, and then you speak, and then you speak to March Madness and college basketball. There, you only tune in those first two days to see the that ten seven matchup, that that fourteen uh, three. Who's gonna get upset? And you can't tell me that one year or two years, or how many ever years that Boise State is not gonna go into a college football playoff and upset Oklahoma. Like they did, I don't remember the year, but with the Statue of Liberty. That is going to happen, and that is going to send shockwaves through the college football. And there it is. That's the start of a beautiful picture with an expanded playoff. All right, we're going to put a bow on that conversation here. Ramsey, I'll give you one last remark here. I don't disagree. I'm just saying we have to go back to 2007 to find a really good argument for a Boise State to be there. You don't have you, 2017, like I said, with with UCF. But UCF, again, beat, what, the second or third best team in the SEC? They beat Auburn. Third best team in power, the SEC. Power five, blue blood team. Right, but I believe Georgia and Alabama was a national title that year. 
very well could have been, but that just speaks to the strength of the SEC. Who Jordan Alabama would have beat Auburn. That's what I'm saying. You're not talking that this, that Auburn team was the national title contender. They were the third or fourth best team in the SEC. But still, very, like I said, that just speaks to how good the SEC was that year. All right, like I said, we're going to put a wrap in that conversation. Um, we're going to advance a little bit back to Wisconsin here. We're going to stay with the college football team. The Duke's famous mail ball, which is probably one of my favorite. Like it's, First of all, their social media has been great. Before it's, it's been so good. If you if At the time you're listening to this, the game actually probably will be completed. Um, but just pay attention to Duke's famous mail ball's Twitter account. It's so funny. Um, but also, I mean, Wisconsin keeps the bowl streak alive. Whether or not they deserve to be there, whatever. They're playing Wake Forest. I uh, believe it's the second, no, first matchup between the two teams ever. So very, you know, a lot to talk about there. Uh, Justin, where do you see this game going? Um, see, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to say because, um, how interested are the Badgers going to be against a Wake Forest team that's probably going to be playing for a lot, but a, you're talking about a Badger team that's had a lot of high hopes. Uh, a lot of guys might opt out. I, I could think of one that could possibly opt out is left tackle Cole Van Lannon. Um, obviously, you're probably not going to be playing with Cone. Uh, the two the two big wide receivers in Pryor and Davis might not play. Um, so uh, how this could go is, is if they get Berger back and they can run the ball, they have a shot. If they don't, it could it could be uh, an unmotivated an unmotivated loss for the Badgers. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Um, really sucks that's an 11 a.m. game on a Thursday, uh, right? Wednesday, even worse. Yeah, that's just that's a rough rough game. First of all, it's got to be. It's I can't imagine it's gonna be easy for Wisconsin to get up for that game. Just like you said, they're playing an un, they're playing Wake Forest. They're playing in a bowl game from a company I've never heard of um, and probably will never even – I don't think I've ever even seen Duke's Famous Mayo in a grocery store. I'm kind of tempted to see if I can buy some just because. But... So Wisconsin's a six-and-a-half, my favorite. You better hit up Festival Foods. Maybe they – no free shout-outs either, by the way. Just Festival, look us up. Duke's for <laughs> Wisconsin. Get some Duke's mayo in there. Yeah, I would. I will. I will be honest. You know, shout out here, Duke's famous mayo. Here's your shot. If you want to get on something big early. <laughs> if you want to get on something big early in Wisconsin, keep in mind. It's a great advertisement. We love our mayo here. We do. I. Coleslaw I would, man. I'm not a coleslaw guy. I'm not a deviled eggs guy. I would eat Duke's famous mayo on. Just about every sandwich I would eat for that month, for the first month that you send it. I will pack a sandwich every day with Duke's Famous Mayo, and I will eat Duke's Famous Mayo with my sandwiches. Heck yeah. I like mayo. I need to to open my mind a little bit, get some different types of mayo. The Miracle Whip's got to be shit. I got to switch it up. Come on, Dukes. Hook us up. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to make sure that we tag them. So, yeah. So, best. So, we'll go. I'll, we'll wrap this up here. 
with the best bowl performance, Wisconsin or non-Wisconsin, that you just first instinct, Ramsey? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Justin? I think that's the easy one, Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a curveball, and I'm going to say that Joel Rudolph has kind of figured it out, and you saw it at the end of that Minnesota game with, with uh, letting Mertz throw the ball down the field. I think Mertz has a great game coming I, in. I meant where I was talking about memories here. I right? I'll, I'll agree with you. Um, I'm both those guys. I mean, this year, Trevor Lawrence is going to have the best games. Graham Mertz is going to be really good. I think you know I'll agree with you on that, Justin. I'm saying looking back in the you know in memory, the most memorable bowl game or bowl performance that you've seen, and you remember watching it just stuck with you all these years. I'll go first since it's my question. I kind of sprung it on you two guys. I will never forget the USC Texas championship game with Reggie Bush and Liner and Vince Young um, running that one down, taking that for the win, ball stretched out, Over. running across the yeah. goal, the corner of the goal line. Um, that's one that I'll always stick with me. Uh, Deshaun Watson walking it off on the quick out route for the touchdown with like two seconds left against Alabama. To. Um place for the Raiders now rugs no 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 oh it's gonna drive me nuts it is gonna drive me nuts as well oh yeah 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 was that Justin I'll go I'll go I'll go let you think a little bit all right go ahead Justin my my most memorable um performance in the Rose Bowl is uh, Ron Dane in the 1999 Rose Bowl he had four touchdowns in this game unbelievable performance he was an all time great player capped it off Uh, you know there's, there's you know we're Wisconsin homers that's what we love to do here but uh, when you're talking about one of the greats of all time, Ron Dane and capping it off, uh, 24 points in a game by one guy is just its pretty unbelievable. So that would be mine. Hunter Renfro, by the way. Hunter Renfro. Was the guy, the, the motherfucker guy that got that one. who was in college for, it seemed Ever. like, I, if you told me he's still in college, a bit, oh, that sounds about right, you know. Um, mine would be Jameis Winston. In 2013, with that last second pass to Calvin Benjamin, right down there by the goal line. The other one would be Cam, the end of Cam Newton's career with Auburn, winning the national title. Just had an unbelievable season that nobody saw coming. No, those are all good. Um, I, I like I said, I'm gonna stick with my my uh, USC Texas game. I'm going to bring one back for Wisconsin was when Wisconsin beat Miami in the Orange Bowl two years ago now, or three years ago now, and the Wisconsin defense just kicked the shit out of Miami, and then the Wisconsin offense kicked the shit out of Miami, and on the bench, Paul Crist. I mean, it was just a great overall team effort, but the memory of that game is Paul Crist, because that was the year that Miami brought the turnover chain. Paul Chris on the side, turnover chain my fucking ass. <laughs> Just wearing a freaking dude. 
I think the guy lives in crew neck sweaters. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. I've never seen him without one. Wearing a crew neck sweatshirt, crew neck sweatshirt, friggin' red ball cap on, turn over chain my fucking ass. Just a all time moment. Wisconsin legend. All time moment. All right, so we're gonna wrap this up with some Christmas festivities, boys. Oh boy. And as I sent to you guys on the agenda today, uh, we'll start with the best Christmas gift you've ever gotten. Ooh. I got an Xbox 360 a year or two after they came. It was pretty like early in the Xbox 360 years, mm-hmm. and I had no idea, and I was stoked to get my Xbox 360. Okay. Um, I'm actually I'm gonna go the same route, but older. My first ever like so I had a I got a Game Boy for Christmas one year, and I got a game another one like the newer one when I, my birthday. My first ever, like, console that I got brand new, because I had an N64 that we got from Pawn Shop for a while. I got a Nintendo GameCube as a kid, and I still play that fucker. The Nintendo still GameCube the holds champ. up so well. And, like, the games, I mean, it's a, first of all, fuck video games right now as a whole. Because the games, like, Madden 2021... Is not even. I mean, the graphics are a lot better, and the the physics and all that crap. You know, that's great. We've made a lot of advancements there. The features on Madden two thousand like four, two thousand five, two thousand six were games. so much better than Madden twenty one and twenty twenty and all that crap that we're sitting here playing now. I mean, fuck. You look back at like Madden oh six and oh seven when you had the first superstar modes. You could act in a goddamn movie with Donovan McNabb on the cover of 06 and Sean Alexander 07. 07. 06 I think is the best man of all time. It's up there. But like I said, you your character could act in a movie. You had to do the actual combine like the IQ test. You had to interview with teams that you never actually ended up playing for. You had to hire an agent. We're sitting here, I mean granted, like I said, we put in a lot of advancements in graphics. How the hell are we not doing this on video games now? Like honest to god, we have we've come so far and we've removed so many features. Like, you look at the franchise modes on those old games, like, you had to do minicamp, you got to the preseason, you could customize the jerseys, you had, like, they had Tony Bruno doing the weekly radio show based on how the league was going. You also had, uh, like, you could set concession stand prices. Yeah, and... what the fuck are we doing these days? I don't know, man. Like, it's, I, clearly it wasn't that hard. I mean, the, the GameCube, I like I said, I love the GameCube, probably a little bit ahead of its time. The disc was the size of, like, Literally, you could you could hold the disc in the palm of your hand. Such a small disc, such a small like the memory cards for GameCubes. I I was playing my GameCube this weekend. My memory card was sixteen megabytes, not gigabytes, not like a terabyte, like a PlayStation now. Sixteen fucking megabytes for a game for like a like a memory card, and that held so much shit. Like that held any game you could basically want for memory stuff. Is it even full? I mean, one of them is, yeah. I think the other one's got to be cleared out, and I got to get like a new one or something like that. But still, it's it's you would like you could easily manage it. Fuck my PlayStation Four now. I can play like five games, and then I have to delete shit because of the memory. What the fuck are we doing with video games these days? That's my rant. I like I said, my GameCube was probably my favorite Christmas gift. Um, also got Guitar Hero one year. Ooh. Guitar Hero Three with Slash. Yeah. And that first wireless controllers. Um. I also have to shout out, I mean, every every kid since the 80s, un- I mean, obviously before, but ever since Christmas Story movie wants a Red Rider BB gun, I got one for Christmas when I was 10. 
that was a big year for me. So I'd probably go with any of those three, but I'd probably lean the GameCube just with the lasting legacy it's had on me. Is that... Justin, you're up. Holy cow. I'm going to go... So what's the question again? I forgot now. Best Christmas... Jesus Christ. The best Christmas gift you've ever gotten. I got so deep in this Bucks game... You were ranting and raving about Nintendo GameCube. I lost my train of thought here, so <laughs> remind me. The best Christmas gift you've ever gotten. Also, what's the score right now, Justin? Inform us. 102 to 109, Boston. We're about seven minutes left in the game. How's Chris Middleton doing? <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, he's got... Uh, 23 points on 9 of 17 shooting. 14 boards. Bum. Six yeah. assists. He's lighting it up is what he's doing. Giannis is... Giannis has 27 for 10 to 21 shooting. Nine boards, two assists. Drew Holiday, this is this is big. Uh, not even being like sarcastic or dick here. Drew Holiday, 20 points, five boards, two assists, nine of 14 shooting. That's huge. That is huge. That's huge. Good for the Bucks. They need to shore up some other things you know who i think is so overrated is lopez for 13 million dollars a year he's just don't even get, get rid of him. started and overrated for the box all right justin best christmas gift let's go <laughs> uh if we're going recent if we're going kids second dreamcast i don't know if you boys even remember that in your newer times but second dreamcast was the shit back in the day ramsey's got the biggest shitty grin on his face and he's just God. laughing his ass off here. Love it. Uh, wish I still had it. Craziest controller ever, where you had like a like a TV screen memory card that you put in the controller. Like, just fucked up. Like the whole thing was fucked up. But great. Uh, and then the most recent one is when me and my wife first got together. She got me. Uh, I, I had a dog that I had from. When I was younger than you guys at 20 years old, and he passed away, and she got me a uh, nice little Christmas ornament with his picture on it. And that that uh, that one really meant a lot to me. We were best friends. So, uh, yeah, those would be my two. Getting a, a, little, short, getting a little dusty in here. In explaining what the Dreamcast was over the GameCube. How old are you? <laughs> Come on, man. Like a Dreamcast. I know what the, the Dreamcast is. I I don't think I've ever played on one. I don't think I've ever seen one in person. It's awesome. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How much? Okay, someone find me a Sega Dreamcast. I will buy one and we'll play it at my house, and we will find out if this system is really that awesome. It is. Does it hold up like the GameCube does? Because the GameCube fucking holds up, Justin. GameCube, the GameCube's junk. Okay, whoa, whoa. Sega Dreamcast, whoa. eighty dollars comes with two controllers. Whoa, I'm telling you, whoa, things wicked awesome. Do those, do, do those memory cards have screens, screens on, them? on them? Why would they have that? <laughs> yeah, why did okay. they have a screen, Justin? My uh, new goal right now is to get a Dreamcast. I'm gonna buy one. And we were going to do a live of us playing the Dreamcast. 
What are they? They came out in 98 or something like that? Yeah, 98. Let's see. This one has uh, six games with it. So, Sega Dreamcast Bundle. It's used. Shocking. <laughs> Comes with uh, NBA 2K with Allen Iverson on the cover. NHL 2K with someone from the Red Wings. NFL 2K1 with Randy Moss on the cover. Fuck yeah. This one is $42 with one bid on it five days to go. I'm adding it to my watch list. If I happen to win the Dreamcast, we are going to... We'll stream it. We'll stream it. Also, little Bucks update here in the five minutes that we've been talking. Bucks cut down to a two-point game. We're at 109-107. Giannis went on a little five-point tear on himself. 32 points now for him. He's overrated. Giannis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. <laughs> All right. And then, so, one last Christmas discussion here. Your favorite Christmas movie, current, growing up, whatever it was. I will start. I don't watch Christmas movies. However, my favorite Christmas movie as a child, and we still watch it to today, was um, The Muppets Christmas. Solid. I was not gonna guess that out of you, Ramsey. I was gonna say I was gonna say you're a diehard guy or whatever. Diehard is a Christmas movie. It is not a Christmas Don't. movie. That that regular stupid argument of whether it is or whether it's not that just seems like your type of type of argument there. That your type of Christmas movie. I think Ramsey and I could probably do an hour on that. We we've done an hour on that before, I believe, other places. Yeah, it's definitely not though. So we're gonna skip over that. Um, Justin. Mine is there's this is the easiest answer. It's the Christmas story. That is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. There's a reason that TNT or TBS runs it for twenty four hours straight on Christmas. Uh I love certain parts of the movie that I will refrain from saying. Why? Because it gets a little, uh, little slanderish or racist, maybe. Oh, are you getting at the end scene with the uh, the singing? Yes. Okay, I got you. Uh, I love that part. It, it's a little skittish, but you know, just a all around great movie that you can kind of relate to yourself as a as a kid. Well, maybe me because you guys are younger than me, but you know, back in the day, that's kind of how it was. So, okay, no, I, that's a good one. I like, I like where we're going with that. As a kid, I'd probably say the first Santa Claus movie with Tim Allen, just an all-time classic. The first one was really good. The second one, it checks out. Like, it's a good movie by itself. It's not as good as the first. The third one's dog shit, but the first two are really, really good. Um, the first, obviously, be like I said, just an instant classic. It's so it's it's so good. Like I I really obviously I can't really even put it into words of just you know it hits you know it's really it really ticks me off though because it's always made me think like okay so Chris Middleton so we sit here and the whole movie they're trying to tell Charlie that Santa Claus isn't real even though he knows for a fact that he is right. His dad is literally Santa Claus. So the, this entire movie, 
all the parents are no charlie he's not real your dad just becoming fat and you know white hair because he's an asshole and he's going crazy with this divorce thing the entire movie charlie's like nah no no i know my question is so like obviously we know that santa claus is real in the movie and you sit here and it's like okay every year these kids are getting presents that mom and dad aren't buying where the hell are they coming from? Like, <laughs> like I know, like, I mean, I don't know about you guys growing up, but, like, my mom is the only one that actually does the Christmas shopping. Uh, to this day, she's still, like, my dad is just as surprised as we are when we open shit up. And so we'll sit there, and we're going to sit here. Like, so dad's sitting there, like the rest of us, you know, oh, my God, look at this. This is so cool. And mom's like, shit, I didn't buy that. What's going on here? Yeah, I don't think that's an actual thing that could ever happen, like. But I'm just saying, the entire movie, like, that's what happens. And they're just sitting there, like, even, even, because we know, like, they're always like, Charlie, he's not real. Charlie, he's not real. Like, but Charlie's getting presents that they're not buying with them there. Like, what's going on? It's the ultimate Christmas movie conspiracy, because that happens in so many Christmas movies as a whole. But that's, like, the main one that points that out to me. But it's still such a good movie. It really makes you kind of get back in the, the Christmas spirit. Also, I mean, Polar Express, another all-time classic. But my favorite one now as a young adult um, has to be going back old school. It's a wonderful life. Puts things in perspective. Makes you really appreciate everything. Really makes you happy. And you you know realize that there's more around you than materials and you know, your family and your friends and how much like one person actually can matter great movie checks out holds up the only movie i've seen that we've talked about in the last five minutes is the Polar express you've never seen the first santa claus movie i don't think so you've never seen a christmas story uh no what the hell oh my gosh i'm i'm legitimately curious i've never seen the first santa claus i don't remember it i may have seen it at some point I don't have enough of an attention span to really, like, watch movies. I guess that's fair. But, like like I said, that's just one of those that, like, growing up, I mean, it came out, I think, 94. So, by the time it was kind of reaching that cult classic, and the second one came out, I think, 2002, 2003. So, when we would have been kind of, like, you know, prime kid Christmas age. I'm, I'm amazed right now, honestly. But, what about Elf? Have you seen Elf? I have seen Elf. Oh, yeah. Good Elf solid. I mean, it's not like I said. I wouldn't say it's the best one, but it's solid. Big uh, Will Ferrell fan. Yeah, same. Bucks just took the lead. Let's go. All right. So side note. Side note. Ramsey, Middleton, twenty-five points, fourteen boards, seven, seven assists. The guy is an all-star, and you're just hating on him all the time. Overpaid. Jump. Jump on the bandwagon. He's Overpaid. How much paying holiday? He's giving you the same numbers. He's loving it up. You can't even. You can't even deny how awesome. How how much are we paying, Mister Holiday? Good question. Uh, I don't remember. I think it's like twenty five million or something. Like and that. how much are we paying for Smithleton? See. No, that's a good question too. I I don't disagree with your point here, Ramsey. Uh, just to wrap things up here, we're approaching hour and 15. So as we always do, we're going to just put a bow on this thing. With what are you most excited to watch in the next seven days before we record again? 
Rams, you can go first. Uh, Georgia, Cincinnati. I want to watch the Bulldogs kick the shit out of Cincinnati. <laughs> I hope that game is forty-five points. I think you said. I think you said Bearcats wrong. <laughs> that, did you say it right? I don't think he did. <laughs> First off, they have one of the worst logos in sports. Dude, you can't say that. That's not okay. I'm I'm mad at this now. One of the worst. Ramsey, logos in Ramsey, sports. can't do that to me. One don't, of the worst. Don't you dare. It is Come terrible. On. It's Come ugly. On. Come on. It's terrible. It hurts to look at. Oh my Swamp god. Rat, piece of shit. <laughs> Did I hit a nerve there, bud? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, Justin, what what are you most looking forward to the next seven days? Well, let's see. Let's see if uh, let's see if Wisconsin's young bucks, uh, just Wisconsin sports over over the next course of a couple of days. You got the 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 Badgers uh, basketball team playing a big game against Michigan State. I believe that's on Christmas. Christmas Day, eleven thirty tip. Badgers favored by a point and a half right now on the road in in, in, uh, in Michigan State. Lansing, yeah. Um, and then, and then let's see if, uh, you know, that all freshman backfield of, of the Badgers outside of the fullbacks, uh, can kind of rekindle what's going on and, and, you know, see if the freshman can beat a, a good Wake Forest team that, uh, that, that should give us some momentum going into the off season with a great recruiting class coming in. I think, uh, things are looking really up for the Badgers if they, if they can finish it off with a win and a winning record and, and something to to stack to stack a, a, a season on top of so all right I'll wrap this thing up uh, you know you guys you kind of took what I was gonna say but um, oh what the hell I'll just take the easy route here Green Bay Packers Sunday night football against the Titans big, um, game. big game Titans defense not great pass rush not great should allow Aaron Rodgers to sit back in the pocket make some things happen, you know, pr- prove why I think he's the MVP. But also, what is our defense going to be to do about Derrick Henry? I think this mm-hmm. is a big statement game possibility for the doubters of the Packers' defense. Not saying Mike Pettin's going to do it right because, you know, fuck Mike Pettin, but um, we'll see what happens. I'm genuinely curious. Like, I, th- I think there's a chance. So I actually saw a stat today that the Packers are 1-2 versus teams of the winning record this year. Yeah. So it's a big statement game for a number one seed to say, hey, we are real. Here's why. It, it is. And Packers are favored by three and a half at home on Lambeau, at Lambeau Field. You know, we're in December. Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose at Lambeau Field in December. This seems like the kind of game, like I said, a very good statement game for the Packers defense. A statement game for the offense where... You know, they kind of had a dud last week on the offense, and especially in the second half. I think they kind of come out all cylinders firing, especially, you know, getting up for a good team for once that, you know, that we haven't really seen here the last few weeks. I'm excited for it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit nervous, admittedly, but we'll see what happens. And then we'll break that down a lot more Packers talk on the next episode, episode four. You'll hear it right away. We'll break it down in a week from today and right before the release special. Uh, hopefully all three of us back here in the Riverwood Gallery Studio in Ramsey Thompson's house. And we'll hit it off with our surprise guest, which won't be surprised at the time of the release. But we'll keep it that way here for Talking Points today. 
This has been episode three, episode four coming up next. And then we'll be at the weekly schedule. As always, follow along the Facebook page, Twitter page. Get your chance to win that signed jersey. And we're out. Episode four. Hit it next. Take a little break. Do whatever you got to do. Thanks for listening. Bye.